0: Welcome, guys, to the MMOs.com podcast, episode 133. Altai here, joined once again by the one, the only... Omer. All right. right, second, we have a good podcast this yeah. week as usual. What do you second, got? Second podcast of the year, Omer. Any, any, 2018. Any, 2018. Any, any starting words before we move on to the weekend? Uh, the
1: first month of any new year is the worst, because you always want to say, like... It's 2017 and this still happens, but no you can't just the other night. I was like it's 2017 You can't assume someone's uh, gender, but it was 2018 because it's still the first like two weeks I've made that mistake at least like four times already and I'm pretty sure other people in the chat have made it as well That's the biggest
0: thing about New Year's that sucks that the first month after that. You will not make the mistake I uh, yeah, that's my only I've thing. actually I used to make that mistake in school because you know in school you direct the dates mm-hmm. on everything so that would happen sometimes but you know, since you know, my adult life I really haven't had that issue. I think it's just you. Already the second week. Time flies, guys. It does. I told myself I'd lose weight. Uh I think I've gained weight so far this year. All
1: right. All right. You know, you should you should publicly announce your weight and your goal. Your new year's resolution. All right, let's get those out of the way. What's okay. your, what
0: what is what do you want to get to and what are you now? Okay. I am currently around one hundred eighty one. So between one hundred eighty and like one eighty two. It fluctuates. Pounds. What's your height? Five so we eight. Can all make fun of you? Five eight. Five eight. I want to be 150. Whew. So that's a 30-pound drop, about. If you can grind in Maple Story, you can make this happen. All right, you can do it. All right, that's a
1: dream. That's your dream. What is my New Year's resolution? I want to get to level, uh, <laughs> whew, level 250 Level 215 Maple Story, but that's not that's not going to happen. That is an unbelievable grind even today. But it's 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 on the to to do list. All right, it's on the to do list. All right, and with that, let's take it all right, to all our right.
0: weekly raid. Yeah, uh, the chat's the chat's making me look bad here. Everyone's telling me how much skinnier they are. So you're thick. <laughs> that works That's better on ladies thing. than than men, unfortunately. All right, <laughs> here we go, guys. I'm serious. I'm serious business. All right, we're gonna start serious this year, okay? The serious. question I had to ask is: uh, Will 2018 be the year of esports? It's a little vague because what does that mean? A lot of people would probably say esports is already big, right? I don't know if that's your position, but I did do some digging for numbers, and I mm-hmm. guess we'll just start at the bottom of this article here. This is a chart I made uh, in Google Docs. This is my expert. You made system. this chart. This um, was this is an Altai created chart. This was an Altai created chart. So this is the wow. total prize pool of all tournaments for all games in each year. So back in 2010, which is I started I started 2010 because it, it's not too far back. Uh, it was 5.8 million, and then I it doubled to about 10, then to 13 million, uh, 22 million. 37 million in 2014 2015 66 2016 96 million and 2017 was the biggest year yet at 110 million dollars so wow uh you can see by this the slope here the slope did slow down between uh 16 and 17 here so now my question to you is will this chart go back to two years ago with that with that steep climb or are we going to start you know humping it and leveling out what do you? What do you, What say you? All right. See, I think the chart's a little bit misleading because when you're looking at the the actual
1: price pools, I don't think that's really representative of the entire esports market. Yes, I mean, I know. Or, or a good proxy because I like, think it's a good proxy. Hold on. How how much do uh, like Super Bowl champions win? You think if they win? Like, if you win the Super Bowl, how much money do you get? I I don't think it's a lot. I don't know. Like, I, I, we're talking like maybe a couple hundred thousand dollars per player. Like that's I, not a lot of money,
0: but 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 because because the tournaments know that the players are getting like a hundred million dollars each for their contracts. Yep, yeah, the, you know the, the winning
1: player for the sports for the Super Bowl gets one hundred seven
0: thousand dollars. Okay, but the really average player nothing. you, you in get NFL more for of, winning a Dota tournament than you get for winning the Super Bowl. But it's not comparable because the Dota player either gets zero salary or like a very low five figure salary, right? Yes, uh, it's probably usually zero salary, by the way. Yeah. Okay. Whereas the football player gets like $20 million salary right and then 100 million endorsements or whatever so he doesn't need uh, the structure is different because of that again I know I realized it's just a proxy I know there's a lot of branding you know sponsorships uh, merchandising Like the also gets added to this 110 million this is but this is you know I feel as if this is growing it probably means everything else is growing as well yes. right and if this is if this is plateauing it means everything else is plateauing as well so it's a it's a rough gauge I agree
1: I think the most, I mean, we can look at the, the most recent eSports deal, which was actually just announced basically like 12 hours ago, like six to eight hours ago. The Overwatch eSports League actually just announced a, a deal with Twitch. I gave you the link on podcast chat, by mm-hmm. the way. And this actually is pretty interesting because it kind of shows you there's actually a value to uh, eSports for game companies nowadays beyond just marketing. So uh, for people unfamiliar with the deal, uh, the, the rumor is right now, the, the, the financial terms of the deal were not disclosed, but according to um, Sports Business Daily, they're reporting that basically twitch paid activision blizzard 90 million dollars for the rights to broadcast the overwatch league wow which seems pretty insane 90 million dollars is a shit ton of money and obviously over overwatch is a you know a relatively big game but overwatch tournaments don't get that many viewers there's no way twitch will make that money back so it's pretty insane that you have you know broadcasters in this
0: case twitch willing to pay this kind of money for esports content yeah I think they're just doing it to prevent any, like, potential people to catch up with Twitch. Like, if YouTube gets it... Like, mm-hmm. for, so far, IMO, okay? The whole YouTube streaming gaming initiative really hasn't really taken off. Is that is that fair to say? I know yeah, there are definitely. some people who stream on YouTube. You know, God bless them. But it just seems like the, the center of gravity for the streaming scene is still Twitch, like, strongly. So I think they just yeah. want to... I, I think they want to cement their lead, Twitch, here. And I did mention Overwatch in this in the weekly raid. Uh, So Overwatch spent twenty seventeen, okay, basically building the groundwork for twenty eighteen. You know, they got those leagues out. They sold a few of those uh, million or twenty million dollar like slots, right? You Mm -hmm. could buy a team for ten million dollars or something. So they did all that. Uh, And this is so this is twenty eighteen will be a good year, I think, to test whether there's an appetite for these kind of events in the esports world. Like I said, Mm -hmm. Twitch has paid a lot of money. Uh, Overwatch is spending a lot of money. And people are investing in Overwatch teams. Now, will people actually t- tune in and watch? I think 2018 will be a t- good test year for this. Uh, for sure. I mean, this Overwatch League actually begins tomorrow, on January 10th.
1: And besides this, the only other deal kind of like this was the esports deal between Riot Games and BamTech slash Major League Baseball. That was announced back in 2016. And there was a $300 million deal which spans seven years. So it, I, I think... It's amazing that the content itself becomes so valuable now. That mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think Riot Games makes money off esports. I don't think Overwatch can probably make money off esports either. But $90 million is nothing to laugh at. I mean, obviously, running the Overwatch League costs a lot of money. Even, even being a part of the Overwatch League, I think teams that pay like millions of dollars to, to basically register as teams. So Blizzard might actually be making money off this or, or getting close to making money. Whereas most of the time, these become big money losers. I mean, $90 million is insane. And again, we looked at the previous data that you know some of the LCS games for League of Legends gets more viewers than like your average uh like non like, like your average MLB game, right? like even on par with some of the the basketball game, big
0: basketball games outside of the biggest tournaments. And uh, I also do want to mention uh, some of the smaller studios that are really uh, doing really good groundwork. So Hi-Rez mm-hmm. just held their expo again this year. High res has really been—they've you know, been doing this for a few years now—and it's 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 way more legit and well organized than I thought. Or I give him credit for. The Smite tournament this year, uh, World Championships, just just finished. It was a million dollar prize pool. Like, I remember a million when we were in high school, or I, mm-hmm. Esports was like five thousand dollars. that was like the biggest tournament. You know, like if you, if you win that, if you win a hundred dollars in an esports tournament, you were like, that you were like legit. You know, and then all of a sudden you're a pro player because you won hundred bucks. But now, mm-hmm. if a game like Smite. Uh, paladins also had their world championship uh th- these games have you know million dollar price pools. that's insane it's really really big
1: uh, not, not just that actually there's been a lot of really obscure games that have pretty surprisingly big price pools as well i think was it heroes evolved there was this really garbage moba this pay-to-win moba um that had like a six hundred thousand dollar price pool and that's nuts you know it's this really obscure chinese game all of a sudden is offering hundreds of thousands of dollars for for some bullshit tournament on, on a purely pay to win game, so like, a lot of other games have started to embrace you know the, the esports scene as well. We're we're starting to see it covered on ESPN. We're seeing it covered in more mainstream places. I I, I think it's only only time before it becomes like like the chart's still growing. We're gonna get, I think I think the deals for the League of Legends LCS will keep getting bigger and bigger as well. And obviously,
0: I know you don't agree with this, but I do think. There is potential to see it in the Olympics one day. Oh, man. The dreamer. Uh, I want to quickly go over this. I've actually found this site. i went doing some research. I linked it mm-hmm. in the chat. Esports earnings. And then you can break it down by game, by by year. So my one of the issues I have with esports is uh, how concentrated it seems to be at the top. And these are older games that I think sooner or later will fall out of favor. So number one for 2017 was Dota 2. And I think Dota 2 is like the number one going back, you know, like six years now. No. Uh, dota 2 at 38 million so out of the 110 million total prize pool among all games 38 million alone was uh, dota 2 Uh, number two counter-strike which is another old game but to its credit it's kind of you know redid itself three times already so if anything sticks around it'll probably be counter-strike and then league of legend league of legends number three so I, i don't know i feel like eventually dota league and you know hots these this mobile genre will fall out of favor eventually don't you think yes but you kind of
1: you also look at the the big thing right now is uh is PUBG. if yeah. even if these games fall off, fall out of favor PUBG could easily make make up for that and, and then some i mean that's true if you've seen the i think you you did watch the, the the interview with brendan green on h3 h3 podcast and he even talked about how he wants to see it as an esport you know in, in one way or another he wants to see the esports scene developed for PUBG. and if that happens it's only going to boost this entire
0: thing it's going to get bigger and bigger that's a, yeah, that's a, that's a huge wild card for 2018. I I did mention that in the article as well. That uh, mm. if if PUBG can uh, can uh, accomplish a you know a goal of being an eSport, that's a that's a that's three million concurrent players. That uh mm. you know that is a big big potential player base. Like, e- even StarCraft Two, with with how small the player base is now, uh, has over a three million in total prize pool for 2017, which is number eight on this list. And so, if a game like PUBG can have an esports scene with that many players, it, I think it, it can mm-hmm. definitely pass Dota Two even. Oh, definitely! The game is huge. Yeah. yeah, and look at the look at the link I just dropped your way too. Uh, this is further proof that League of Legends will be an Olympic game one day. What Take is this? A look. League of Legends KT roster team to participate in the Olympic torch relay. Oh, ooh! What does that mean? They're just gonna walk around with the torch? Yeah, but why? Why are they doing it, huh? I mean,
1: obviously the, the Olympic committee or whoever you know, wherever it's being hosted, they have to prove it. There's some uh, foreshadowing, some IRL foreshadowing all right, going on.
0: All right? Time for me to be a douchebag. This, this is, this is, this is the peak of uh, what Korea has to offer, boys. This is the peak Korean male right here, alright? Th- th- <laughs> yes,
1: they are. All right, look, look, those are they, they. get all the ladies, all right, with that, with those league skills. All right, they don't miss CS. All right, you miss CS, they don't miss CS. All right. All right, I guess not. That's why they get the
0: waifus. All right. We'll see. I could definitely be wrong about this. I just don't. I don't mm-hmm. see. It, I don't see it being in the Olympics. And uh. I see esports still as more of a marketing division of each individual developer. More than like a rather than like a standalone scene or uh industry. But you know, I could definitely be wrong about that. So it's been growing every year and I keep doubting it, so maybe I'm missing something mm-hmm. here.
1: Again, 90 million dollars for the Overwatch League is insane. I don't think anyone thought they'd get that kind of money. I think a few of the reactions I've seen on the, on my own Discord is holy shit, they're never gonna get that money back. I don't see Twitch making ninety million dollars off of this. It's near impossible to get that money back on that deal. I, like I said, I think it's just to stop
0: someone else from getting it.
1: But that, that's amazing for for game companies. You know that becomes the source yeah. of revenue because if if YouTube and Twitch are bidding against each other for this content, it becomes a huge win for you know the
0: games. That's true. If uh, if if that money can be plowed into, you know more maps, game modes, characters, whatever, you know that's great.
1: Now the mobile esports, scene you know, oh. is also uh, is going to be its own thing as well. I mean, I, we, I think you linked the uh, what the summoners war, uh, the the there was a big tournament going on for that I think a month or so ago yeah and it was there was over thirty thousand people watching that you know it wasn't it was nothing to laugh at you know it's a mobile game but people were watching the, the esports scene on Twitch for that so even that game
0: has an esports scene. Actually, my favorite was uh, the World Championship for Clash Royale, like uh, in terms of, in terms of the actual uh, arena and stuff, the production mm-hmm. value and stuff. This was pretty impressive. I got to find one when they're actually like looking at the arena. Instead of doing all right, so they have a huge arena behind them, and the arena is kind of like the Dota arena where the floor is the actual map of uh, Clash Royale. Oh, holy you shit. Know? Yeah, it's a really, it's a really cool concept. I wonder if the pieces are actually moving. Do you think know.
1: there'll ever be like a game of war or Clash of Clans like esports tournament where like you're allowed to pay to win? So you have two sides basically just pulling out their credit cards, and it no. comes out to like which side max out their credit card first, and then immediately you gotta throw it on your credit card, pull up your wallet, and take a second credit card out, and start maxing that bad boy out, too. You gotta, well, you gotta type out the, the the card number, the expiration date, all that bullshit. You gotta boom, boom, boom. Because no.
0: those games are, are designed to have infinite money sinks. No, that's not gonna think happen. So. I don't think so. And, and to Clash Royale's credit, I know a lot of people say it's pay to win. Uh, maybe the casual mode is, because you can just buy more copies of a card. But mm-hmm. in the tournament, or competitive you know modes, uh, all the levels are equalized. Right, all the comments yeah. are a certain level and stuff. So yeah. it's a it's totally skill based. It's not it's not you know pay to win. The tournaments at least, yeah. It's fine because they make it so the tournaments
1: are, are fair, and they make it so your matches with friends are fair. So if you if you challenge your friend in Clash Royale, it's a perfectly balanced game because it auto balances the levels. But when you play your ranked mode, it, it's it's the pay
0: to win mode. Yeah, that game mm-hmm. actually reverses everything. So the the ranked mode is the casual mode, and the and like the the custom game, private game is the actual mode where it's competitive
1: yeah and more and more schools are also offering i uh, think esports co- uh, scholarships i saw a map earlier of like uh north american collegiate varsity scholarship programs in esports and it's actually pretty surprising got the imager linked in the the twitch chat but you know basically almost every state has well not almost every a lot of states have, have multiple programs for esports so again i wish I wish I was playing video games when this shit was happening. Yeah. When I graduate high school, I am confident I could have grinded my way in for uh, for some kind of League of Legends scholarship, all right?
0: I don't know about that. We're Already the, the best strat to beat Omer's team, Ben Singed.
1: Yeah, but that's not going to happen, all right? That won't, that won't appear in my resume. When I apply for my scholarship, oh. I can put my rank, okay. I can put my bullshit, my, my credentials. I'm not going to mention I'm a one-trick pony. I'm just going to mention my rank. And right. then obviously I get I w- I would never make it in esports because I would they would just ban singe and I would, I would cry. It's the ultimate counter to Remo. Rip. And uh there's other fun like over here too. It shows uh like a nice over there's over they they actually advertising with billboards too.
0: Where where is cool. this?
1: It's in uh, Philadelphia. Wow. That's pretty cool yeah seeing that you no know, in, in person kind of I mean, I, I don't know how effective the ad is, but it, it's neat, you know, it's enough for them to like Blizzard is spending a lot of money on this as well. And I think we'll find out um how much money it's making or losing or get some kind of idea on Activision Blizzard's next earnings call because this is the big event for uh, for for overwatch. and it, somebody's gonna ask questions about the overwatch league in the analyst q and a. So if I get any information on that, I'll share it in a future podcast and it'll be on mos as well. Hmm. Actually, another fun fact actually. Uh, these earnings released are really interesting because, I, I found the information on MapleStory too, which I, I share in the weekly news recap, but also what's really neat is basically remember when Lineage 2 Revolution was advertising the shit out of everything on Twitch, Yep. the company that makes that, Netmarble, will be publishing their next earnings report in February 11th. So on that date, we'll, I'll be able to find out how much money they spent on advertising in relation to their previous quarter. So we can actually measure the impact of the North American launch of Lineage 2 Revolution, how much money they spent plowing their way towards uh, Twitch uh, streamers. And we can isolate that number, and we'll get a pretty good idea how, many, how much was spent. So out of curiosity, how much do you think Netmarble spent on marketing that quarter, just basically for the, the launch of Lineage to Revolution? Because we've all seen how many how many Twitch streams there were pushing that game. I saw ads for that game on Pornhub, no joke. I saw it on Facebook, Pornhub, every like. Well, it was a porn site. Where there was a oh. news site. Where there was Facebook. I saw ads for that game fucking everywhere. I'm gonna say thirty million. All right, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say more than that. I'm gonna say forty million, and we'll see. We'll we'll see what comes closer when the when the data
0: comes out next month. Should okay. be a, should be a fun read. Looking forward to that. Hmm. All right. Do you were doing some research uh, before the podcast about uh, Pearl Abyss? Anything interesting there? Yeah, actually, it's
1: pretty neat. I mean, let me link you the what I what is what I just put up basically right before the podcast. What's interesting is a lot of people don't even bother looking at these earnings earnings reports because you do find some really cool information that nobody else covers. So like I feel like M-Mode journalism and game journalism is kind of uh, very very basic and I see why people make fun of it because game journalism for the most part is basically rewording press releases. So when uh, when a company like Pearl Abyss or, or Nexon they release an update for their game they basically send a press release to all the game comp- all the game websites basically outlining what they changed. And, and their announcements, and web and companies, and, you know, moscom as well, we just we take that, and we reword it, and put it out on MMOs.com, and we, we try to explain what's going on, right? And that's that's one thing, but nobody does real journalism anymore, which is, like, actually looking for information that other people don't cover. So this is a bit of a, this is a, some financial news for, for Black Desert that I found recently. This is from their earlier Q3 report, which is back in November, but nobody seemed to cover this. But it, it releases how much money Black Desert makes by region. So I thought it was really interesting to see that over 80% Of the money that black desert online makes comes from outside of south korea wow 80 percent. and you think it's a south korean game you know it would have a bigger market share there i mean especially you know we've played so many korean MMORPGs here in the you know you and you and i have i'm sure many people in the twitch Twitch stream have as well like games like maple story dungeon fighter online these games are big in korea and china but they're not big in america like it's almost it's pretty rare for a game to do better in america than it does in korea well a a, a korean game a korean Korean game yes a korean MMORPG typically does better in korea in Asia than it does in America. I mean, yeah. even MapleStory and Dungeon Fighter do really well in China. But even Asia, America and Europe are actually the number one market for Black Desert, which I think is pretty pretty impressive. 56% of sales come from America as in Europe versus 26% for Asia, which is Southeast Asia for the most part, and, and China as well. And the other remaining 18% comes from South Korea. I
0: really, I do question what the difference is. There must be a cultural aspect to it because to me, it seems so obvious that like Black Desert is a better game than like Dungeon Fighter or Lineage One, right? But these games are still making a killing in Korea, way more than uh, uh, Black Desert. But because there you say something in the water, <laughs> I'm just saying like whether you like Black Desert or not, at least when you open the game, you know, you're moving, you're fighting, you're, you're looking around. It feels like a quality game where you when you boot up a lot of these Korean MMORPGs, they, you know they just feel like they're from a from 1990, which they usually are, right? And and two, they just they're just grindy, repetitive, you know, clicky games, and yet they, they do so much better than these actual quality games. I, I I don't think I can be objective about it because my culture is col- coloring me when I think one is way better than the other. But obviously, mm-hmm. they, they they disagree. I mean, different tastes for different people, you know. I mean, it's a different kind of game. I mean,
1: I I, I like Story a lot, but I mean, it's nowhere near, you know, like. But again, MapleStory is actually pretty popular in, in America and Europe, like more so than a lot of other free-to-play and more PC we've played. But like, I don't know. You try getting a Call of Duty bro to play MapleStory; I'll be like, "The fuck, you gay?" Like, I don't know. If I showed MapleStory to like, like a COD gamer, they they just like think I'm retarded. But it's an actual good game, and I don't, it still makes some money in South Korea. Twenty percent of their revenue comes from South Korea, which is only like five hundred thousand dollars a quarter. But I don't know. Yeah. This game is you know, it's it's losing out to a lot of other MMORPGs. And the actual numbers, uh, for those curious, Black theres made about $25.6 US dollars in revenue in the last quarter, which is actually, it's up over 100% from last year. Up over 100%. But quarter over quarter, it's down like 18%. But the numbers are still looking very good. If you can see the article, if you scroll down to the yep. other chart, which shows their revenues. But this game is doing really well. I mean, Black Lives on is still killing it. And they're going to be making even more money with the mobile launch as well as the console launch, both of which are scheduled for 2018. I imagine the console launch is probably... In the first half, for sure, and mobile launch is probably in the second half for America. Probably in the first half for the for Korea, but we have no
0: concrete dates on either. Nice, good, good, good journalism. All right, you get you get the yeah, MMOs.com yeah. journalist of the year award. Uh,
1: there's you know I, I try to keep keep tabs with all these earnings reports because they are interesting, and I, I think I, I did mention last week that MapleStory Two there is a chance MapleStory Two might actually come out in America. Because Nexon CEO basically said that we're excited to be launching uh, MapleStory two around the world. You know that quote came out from their Q and A session, and they were specifically asked about China, but they responded by saying they're excited to bring MapleStory two uh, around the world. And I'm actually optimistic on MapleStory two. I think the game looks the I think the game you know, looks really good, and it was actually pretty fun. But the biggest drawback is that it's in Korean, and trying to play the game with the English translations it doesn't work well because if you have the English translations on MapleStory two, some quests literally bug out you cannot complete the quest and it's frustrating until you realize oh shit if I turn the translations off and I relaunch the game I can get past that quest because it it just bugs out and glitches so it makes it basically impossible to play
0: that's what happened to me I got stuck His NPC wasn't spawning in a building because I had the translations on Hmm. so that was was a big uh, roadblock for my progression
1: I like the MapleStory 2 restart update video on the on the Twitch chat, and I think this is actually... I don't know, this is one of the cutest fucking videos I've seen in my life. Alright, what sound about and that I, sound? Put some sound, put a little bit of sound, gonna okay, okay, talk nice. about it. It is so unbelievably cute, I, I don't know, I, I absolutely love it. There's, there's just some charm about this video, I mean, it looks really silly, obviously, but there's something, it, it's it's amazing. And actually, what's, what's interesting about MapleStory as well, as a game, is that... In that same earnings report the next time Steve was talking about maple story he's basically saying this is uh, on the surface maple story looks like a childish game and it does right maple story looks like a kid's game yeah. but when you when you dig deeper you have a rich traditional and more pretty experience with a lot of depth like there's a lot more in maple story than you first see and he was basically saying that Na- uh, maple story 2 is the same way You know, at the first look, it really looks like a pretty basic game. But once you get into it, there's a player housing, there's so much customization. It's an actual, you know, there's a lot there. And I would say there's there's probably more depth in MapleStory 2 than MapleStory 1. I mean, the amount of stuff, the amount of player customization with, with player housing, the way that's handled is actually remarkable. You know, we haven't seen, I haven't seen any modern MMORPG really do a persistent world housing remotely well. And MapleStory 2 at least tries it, and I think they do a pretty good job with it. You can actually get a house in MapleStory 2, in, in, Inside towns, like inside the major towns, outside the towns, they exist in persistent worlds, not in some cornered-off bullshit part of the game. And I think that, that that's really well done, because player housing is something I really like about MMORPGs. It, it adds to the really social experience of MMORPGs, and I don't think any other game really did it well until, you know, I always go back to Ultima Online, the persistent housing in that game was great, the houses were, were useful, yep. and having it in the persistent world gave it context. MidBlessRoy 2 does that really well, too.
0: Star Wars Galaxies had that, too, the persistent yes. housing.
1: But since the days of Star Wars Galaxies and Ultima Online, basically player housing was, is, has always been kind of relegated to this instant zoning. Mm-hmm. That I think, I'm, I forgot, I'm not sure which game made it popular. Dark Ages Campbell has that as well. But even, you no, know, World of Warcraft kind of added their, I forgot what they're called, but some kind of, I don't, know, I don't like it. So many free to play parties do it as well. I mean, it, it's a very cheesy, tacky way to add on player housing, but it has no meaning. But in Mable Story Two, it's done. You can actually decorate your house. You can get tons of really cool shit. You can custom teleports in your house. It becomes a really cool way to grow your, you know, to, to invest your time into the game and, and get progression that way. So I, that's why I think MapleStory Story Two will do really well in America. I mean, I don't know if this resonates with Korean gamers because obviously there is a disconnect between what works in Korea and what works in America. Black Desert, for example, didn't work in Korea nearly as well as it worked in America. I think Maple Story Two will actually work better in America than it did in Korea. Like certain games just resonate better, and I think Maple Story Two combines. Minecraft elements with MMORPG elements with like old school MMORPG player housing elements, and I think those three combinations are going to be freaking amazing. Like I'm, I'm confident if they just release Maple Story
0: 2 in America, even as the game is they're still adding new content, but even as it's, I think they'll do really well. I, I think you're right though, with the I think it will be one of those games that do better in America mm-hmm. than it has been in Korea. I don't know how Restart has been uh, received in Korea, but I do remember back when we played Maple Story 2. It was actually not doing well in Korea. It, I think there was only one server. It was you know mm-hmm. pretty lightly populated. So hopefully, hopefully uh, restart helped it out in the home market, and it will be fun here. Yeah, the Chinese la- the Chinese version launched uh,
1: into Open meta just recently, and they said they were they were they were happy with the Chinese launch. And obviously, you know that's like the first major launch of Maple, MapleStory two outside of Korea. So the fact that that actually just happened again, MapleStory two is being rolled out. You know there, there's people in Nexon thinking about MapleStory two actively for the first time in a while. Because, again, this is the first time basically coming out of South Korea. And if it does well over there, they're going to push it out to North America. And we, they did hire that one guy like a year and a half ago now to be the producer for the American version. So I'm optimistic. I know a lot of people do ask about my Story 2 in my weekly news recap videos. And for the most part, I, I can't tell them like there's anything new happening. But I guess with this with this development, there's, there's something happening. The, the Chinese launch is up as well. You can play the Chinese version. And I'm, I'm hyped
0: for it. Uh, Okay, to bring it back to the West real quick, uh, you're talking Mm -hmm. about persistent housing and you know RPGs, MMORPG stuff. Mm -hmm. One of the first launches of this year, MMO-wise, at least an early access launch, is going to be Life is Feudal MMO. And the beauty of this game is nobody can uh, nobody can uh, argue that it's not an MMO. Okay, it's right right in the name. It's literally called Life is Feudal Double Dot MMO. All right, but but
1: it doesn't have one giant persistent. ah, I don't know. I feel like somebody's gonna find that excuse to say Mm -hmm. it's not an MMO. Because it, it doesn't—it's not going to fit the same traditional definition of MORPG from the old school days. So I'm sure somebody's going to be upset over that. But yeah, it, it is actually in the name. Uh, this game actually is a pretty cool concept. It, it mixes the the Rust, you know, kind of open world. If you play Life is Feudal, which is the original game, it mixes that with MMO elements—one giant persistent server with all these people in it—and it's going to basically try to create that Rust-like survival experience
0: into yeah. an MMO world. And I'm- hopefully, it'll be better than Worm Online. I'm curious to see how the server will handle lots of players on one map. It's a big map, 21 by 21 kilometers. I'm mm-hmm. not sure, like how it depends on I guess how fast you walk. But uh, 21 by 21 km, night, night and day, weather, all this stuff, and mm-hmm. apparently everything outside the starting town is going to be player-made. So players are going to make their own towns, not just houses, and it's going to be this whole you know open world, you know basically slugfest like Rust. Uh, well, it sounds cool. But the problem is, it might end up being something like uh,
1: Worm Online, where it becomes too difficult to play. Yeah, I mean, yeah. time will tell. If they can, you know, they, they, it's going to be a good balancing act between like Minecraft style easiness and maybe Worm Online style depth. I think games like Rust and Arc have a pretty good medium for that. But even like if you just take Rust or Arc and just allow it to be in a persistent server with tens of thousands of players in a single server, I think that alone could be amazing.
0: Yeah, and I'm really I, I don't have an answer to how many players can play this, but I will say I'm actually been very disappointed in the pace of. Te- I don't know what the what the bottleneck is technology, networking, people who don't upgrade their computers, but we you know lag and, and disconnects are still a huge issue. Like in in PUBG, right? With a hundred players, there's still a lot of lag in that game. Okay, despite all the resources they have. So and uh, someone mentioned Conan Exiles. The max players are supposed to be 64 per map, but after 20 it starts lagging. Right. Mm-hmm. But how is it that Battlefield 1942 handles 64 players with tanks, with, you know, vehicles, with airplanes? How did with jeeps and stuff driving around? How did that game handle it? Back in I don't even know when it came out. Let me check. I, I, honestly i don't know it,
1: it is really bizarre that i feel like we have taken that we've devolved almost in online you know battlefield I, like it's insane that I mean, there's more stuff happening in coin and exiles maybe the way the the shit adds up like when you build houses and stuff when you have 60 people building houses yeah it can maybe impact that more but what about pubg then think after all you're not building years, houses in pubg yeah i don't know pubg pubg is a dumpster fire a dumpster fire of netcode that game actually has some really really bad netcode was a great video who Battle Sense I think released a video. He's the guy that does uh he analyzes netcode for a lot of multiplayer games, and the average like uh, latency and delay in PUBG is like 170 versus like 50 for Fortnite Battle Royale and about 50 for H1Z1. He looks a lot of netcode and PUBG is a dumpster
0: fire. So if your hits aren't registering, you got a quality excuse with PUBG. It's actually really bad netcode. Okay, so so Battlefield 1942 came out in 2002. That's 16 years ago. That's probably older than some people watching this. And that mm. game, guys, had 64 players on a map, a big map too. It wasn't a small map. With like dozens of tanks, jeeps, airplanes. There was even like ships in some of them, aircraft carriers with like 12 ships, you know, per per carrier. And people, mm. f- it was. It wasn't. Like we, there were some disconnects, obviously, back t- in 2002. But I mean, mm. uh, there was hit registry was fine. I could snipe. I could aim. I remember sniping. I remember, you know. It's playing just fine. So what happened? What, why has there been literally zero... At best, there's been no progress. And yeah. at, at worst, and more realistically, I think we've gone the other way. It's, it's actually gotten worse since 2002. Because, like I said, Conan Exiles can't handle 20. And uh, PUBG can't even handle 100. And PUBG is not as complicated as uh, 1942 was with airplanes and, and tanks and stuff. I, I, there's only no, no one word, incompetence. Because I actually
1: played the 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 mobile game the rules of survival i was just playing for fun and the game actually doesn't have like that same lag problem or performance problem the game actually runs really well on my iphone and it, it i never had the, disc, the, the disconnect problem or the or the latency problem or even the fps lag, which pubg was played with for a long time so it works really well on a mobile for a lot of games for like this this mobile game already maybe is just falling behind on the netcode stuff maybe i mean
0: maybe some of these chinese games have have it figured out that's a good point. You know, that's a good point. I mean, obviously, the artists are getting better. The, the 3D graphics are getting better, right? Mm-hmm. Rendering. But maybe whoever's in charge of the lower level coding, I don't know. Maybe they're just slacking. They're sleeping at the wheel. Who knows? Uh, who knows? Maybe they're all using the same uh, engine, the same netcode engine from forever ago, and it just sucks. I agree. With you. It's
1: unfortunate it's really devolved this. It really hasn't gone anywhere. Yeah. You know, you'd think by now we'd have, like, you know, the dream of playing Battlefield. 1942 for us when we were younger was a holy shit. If we have 1942 today and it's got 64 players, in like five years from now, we play the same shit. We're gonna be on Omaha Beach with 500 people, like 250 versus 250. Omaha Beach landing, fucking amazing shit, right? That never happened. That dream never
0: happened. It just it basically peaked at 64 and that was it. Actually it was went insane. down. The Battlefield yeah. series actually had less max players for the next few mm-hmm. games after that. I think I think it might be back at the 64 now. You mm-hmm. you played the Battlefield one. Most recently. Yeah. But uh, it did go down for a bit. And same with WoW. I had the same mentality in WoW. I was doing 40-man raids back in 2004. And I thought, man, if this if MMORPGs are here in 2004, <laughs> right? In in 2018, I'm going to be doing like a 400-man raid, you know? Or like mm-hmm. a 500 versus 500 castle siege. And it, you know, no lag, just, you know, going in there. But no, we're, we actually went backwards. We <laughs> 40 is too much for a whole server now. for I like go next house. <laughs> so it, it, it really... It, I think that's been the disappointing part, the technology. A lot of people playing game designers, like MRPGs are all clones of each other, yada, yada. But I think mm-hmm. the, the technology has actually been falling behind too. And I think that's one of the reasons why we don't, we haven't seen much growth in, in the genre.
1: Maybe that's why the, another reason we haven't seen persistent world housing in MRPGs. You know, because maybe that requires too much server resources or they haven't been able to code around it. Yeah. But again, that does, that's weird because again, Ultima Line had this in like 1999. And that's such a fun part of MRPGs for me. I mean, NRP have to be more than just the gameplay. We've talked about this a lot, but like just just remembering back to the housing in Ultima Online, and remembering back to the way even MapleStory 2 did housing. I thought it was phenomenal. Like it, it's such a cool part of a game. When you see somebody like like we always talk when you, when you see somebody in town with like the fucking tier 2 armor, tier 2 epics wearing these really badass pauldrons from like vanilla wow, you're like, "Damn, this guy's got a big dick. I want to be like that guy." But when you see somebody's house like he's got a fucking castle, and, like, you go and he's got all these rare shades, got all this gold, like, just basically showing off his wealth in his house, like, damn, this guy's got, like, all this amazing shit. It gives you motivation to, like, be that guy. You know, nowadays, that motivation isn't there. Games have really, MWRPGs especially, have really dumbed down their content. You know, every MWRPG has dumbed down their content, basically. You know, you can level up to max level and like, Dark of... even the old school games like World of Warcraft, Dark Hazel, very quickly. They've made the leveling curve much easier. They got rid of the challenge. And the challenge is only there in the niche part of the late game. The, know, the games themselves have become. Like walking simulators more so than actual games, unfortunately, and I mean, that, that kind of detracts from the experience a lot.
0: Yeah. Well, i mean, having said all that, uh, hopefully, Life is Feudal has figured out a way to do it. I mm-hmm. will be trying it uh, on January 11th when it, it is in early access. Yeah. I mean, Maybe maybe that's one of the reasons people still kind of cling
1: on to all the old MRPGs games like RuneScape, Tibia, you know, like and all the private service like Move Online and stuff. Like people have really not embraced. Many new MRPGs over the years. I mean, actually, a Shadowbane emulator just launched uh, this last week, and uh, an MRPG was all over it. There's over, I think, about a thousand players wow. online. Which is Shadowbane was, you know, some old school hardcore PPM RPG. A thousand players on there is pretty impressive. That's like, look, if you look on Steam Charts, like not that many MRPGs get over a thousand players online. I never. I somehow I always skip
0: Shadowbane. I never really got into that one. Yeah. yeah. Same for the most part. Do you think of any other modern MMORPG that did housing well? People like the BDO one. I know Zim in chat was mentioning how great it is. It's basically instance, though. Uh, where each in each town there are certain house locations you can claim, and when you walk through the door, you'll go into your version of it. But, but the, okay,
1: look, I, I didn't actually look at the player housing in BDO when I played, so I, I did see the default when you seen the tutorial. But are they all like that? Are they actual houses, or are they like you go into a door and you just choose whose house you want to instance into?
0: Or can you see the house on the outside? No, you have to choose. Every, it, from the outside, they all look the same, and you, when you want to go through the door, you choose which instance to go into. That's so lame, though. I, it, I don't know. I mean, it, it's definitely it's definitely instance housing. It's not like persistent yeah. world. Because I know, you know Final Fantasy XIV,
1: which again I've been playing a lot, has instance housing as well. But I think they did a pretty good job with the way they do handle instance housing. It's not a perfect system. It's not an ideal system, but I thought it was pretty cool because you can see your neighbors. You know, like there's an instance zone. And there's like twenty clones in that zone. It's really stupid. But you can like walk around in that zone, and like there's there's like a there's like a lake, there's like a pier, there's a beach. You can see like all these houses in there. It's kind of cool. You know, you can talk to your neighbors and shit. So, is there like no neighbors?
0: Because
1: no- I remember the houses being inside the cities themselves, and you just open a door
0: and you talk. Yes, to it. and but but each city has multiple house plots. You can you can make yours, right? But you can't yeah. like see your neighbors through the window or anything. No, not like nothing like that. That's- I think it'd be cool. I mean, it's still nice that they have it,
1: but I don't know. I, I want to see an, I want to see a modern MMORPG do housing well. You know, my, my perfect MMORPG. I mean, you need that good house, good player housing. It gives you a reason to stay. That 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 can become a late game in of itself. You know, your late game in MMORPG can't just be raiding. You know, the mm. end game P or even end game PVP. You need to have like PVP, PVE content, raiding, crafting, end game, housing, end game, uh, exploration, end game. You, you need all that shit. I mean, it just. I need a reason to stay in an MRPG and if it's just raiding, because like if you look at just raiding, the Final Fantasy XIV, for most people, once they finish the the last tiers of raiding, they're done. You know? and, and most anyone that really goes mega tryhard try hard, can do that. The argument now with Mega Coil they can't because that's like the really aspirational content, which is great. But you know, once you reach to your a lot of people, to basically log in, do your do their four raids, a, you know, a week, and log off, and that's uh, that's not healthy for an MRPG. My perfect MRPG is Perry, but it's never coming out. Feels yep. bad, man. I don't so it's it's, I, I'm, with, I'm with you, dude. Everything we read about Perry Chronicles, there's hype behind it, you know. I, I'm still excited for it. There's been no release date, nothing. But it, it hasn't been canceled yet either, so there's, there's some, you know, there's, there's still hope for it. I'm looking forward to playing Perry eventually, though. Perry Chronicles, hopefully, will uh, will revive the dream.
0: Any, any uh, hype for Hyper Universe? It's also coming out this month. <sighs>
1: it's coming out this month. There's yep. there's I, I got minimal hype for that one. Honestly, it's it's another MOBA. The it's size coming a little bit different, but I, I still have uh there's there's one thing about g- online games that really grind my gears. Maybe it's just me being uh particularly picky, right? But when a game, especially a multiplayer game, requires you to do this like lengthy tutorial and they require you to do some kind of placement matches before you can play with friends against bots freaking grinds my gears because in hyper universe you had to do like about back when i went back when i first into early access you had to do about two hours worth of ai games so it's players versus ai and after you reach a certain level you can start playing against actual opponents but until you beat the ai for about two hours you you just couldn't play against people and that is insane i i can't in good conscience ask all my friends like hey yeah let's go play hyper universe early access together i'll give you a key like i had keys to give away for the game but like I couldn't ask my friend to play two hours of bullshit just so we can play together. I'm not gonna burden my friends for that. Forcing AI games is unbelievably counterproductive. People that played mobiles before don't want to go through that bullshit. Give people an option. Like, hey, are you new to the game? Okay, then you gotta do like do this. Or if you're gonna force people to do AI games, do like one or two. What the who's doing ten hours of this two hours of this bullshit? I know Freestyle 2 actually has 10 games as well, which is unbelievable bullshit. But those that only takes like 20 minutes versus the two hours in, in, in hyper universe.
0: Yeah, I actually did my ten placement games, not placement games, but bot games in uh freestyle the other day. Mm-hmm. So now I am now a freestyle
1: two initiate. Yeah, I'm all forty seven freestyle in my center and it's a game was, that's been the game I've been playing uh this last week. Last two, three weeks actually. Freestyle two street basketball, I give them some some endorsement. So if you if you're curious about uh playing a sports MMO, give Freestyle Two a try. I honestly don't even like basketball games or any sports games, but that one's that one's a keeper, boys. That one's
0: a keeper. Yeah, actually, that's a good comparison. Uh, Battle right did the uh, tutorial well. And mm-hmm. I will say, even the freestyle one, you know, again, 20 minutes for 10 games, it's bad, but it's not terrible. The problem is MOBA, the MOBA genre. Because in a MOBA, if you're playing against bots, well, not only is it, like, monotonous, because, like, you already know you're going to win. There's no, like, chance of, mm-hmm. like, losing. But two, it takes a while to win, because right, of towers and stuff. And three... You don't actually learn to play by playing bots because the the way you play against bots is always pushing forward, right? There's no there's no mm. sense of you know pulling back, dodging. So you don't actually learn to play the game. Mm-hmm. So when you actually play against a player, if if you're using the same mindset that you learned in a tutorial, you're just gonna get killed because you're gonna run up to them, spam all your buttons, and then then just die because you're standing there. I just it's, it's, I, yeah, it's not a good way to teach the game. Does anyone like to like do any like
1: actual gamers like tutorials like or like lengthy tutorials? It's like the most frustrating thing in online, in, in gaming. If you can skip it, it's fine. But, like, I don't know. It just it really pisses me off when a game... Like, it almost feels like... Maybe I'm, maybe it's just me, and I'm just being unreasonable. And that's possible, right? I almost feel like a game is insulting my intelligence when it forces me to go through the... It makes me feel dumb. Like it's trying to hold my hand in this shit, and I, 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 I get, like, actually frustrated, and I actually get mad. I actually left a negative review for Hyper Universe because of the mandatory tutorials. And not just that. Because I, I wanted to play the fucking game, which is what made it exceptionally bad. I left a negative review, and I commented on like every one of their dev posts on Steam saying the fuck get rid of this shit And I complained about it like I don't usually do that But I actually wanted to play this game because my friends are saying it's fun, but I didn't want to do that bullshit I eventually grinded through it, but I'm still pissed off about it. I'm still salty
0: Well there it is someone in chat here Lucifer's King says uh, It actually is possible to lose to the bots because he was in a match where that happened I I would be shocked I thought the bots, the bot matches in Hyperion were just super one-sided. It was like twenty and zero. You know, everyone on mm-hmm. my team. But I, I mean, I guess anything is possible. I, maybe they were AFK because I I wouldn't blame somebody for just going AFK once they launch uh, the spot match just to get through it. Mm-hmm. Or
1: what about the what about what about when games like hide the fact that they're bot games? Because I know uh, Paladins did, does that to a degree. Freestyle. I know Master Master does it as well. And for most recently like Freestyle, so because Altai was getting, doing his placement games and Freestyle is AI games, right? And you, it, it's basically a three on three game, and everyone's AI except you, and it, you require to do that before you play with other people. And the bots
0: in freestyle have actually pretty clever names. So, did you remember some of that? Yes. So one of the one of my teammates' names in freestyle was Tall Asian OP. <laughs> I thought that was amazing because freestyle is a Asian game and it's about basketball. So Tall Asian OP was just a fabulous name, I thought. <laughs>
1: And not just that. I was watching my friend play as well, and one of the one of the bots in the lobby gave him an XD face. So the bots are programmed to have randomized names that could be believable human names with numbers. Like there was one guy like XX the Legend XX, and like they just drop XD faces in the lobby to like make you think they're players. They're not. They're bots because they didn't fully hide it. Because if you click F five, you can see your ping in that game. And if the bots don't have ping, it means they're bots. You know, if a player doesn't have any ping, it's just blank. It's their bots. So it, it's pretty silly to see games that try hiding the fact that they have bot matches. Because even the developers realize players hate this shit. You know, so they're trying to kind of sneak it in by making people not realize. And somebody mentioned Master X Master. They did it as well, yes. Once in a while in Master X Master, you would actually queue against bots when I think you couldn't find players right away. Yeah. Only in the early levels. Only in the early levels, which, again, was unbelievably stupid and frustrating.
0: You think in the future, if they ever make AI, okay, imagine like you're playing an MMORPG. But all the NPCs and monsters are AI, like actual, like, feeling AI. And you're just running around killing them, <laughs> and they're stuck in there. <laughs> Honestly,
1: not, not just that. I mean, the players could be AI as well, eventually. I think if our AI if AI technology ever gets, like, really fucking good, where it becomes, like, every monster in the game can become, like, this sentient. Like, not actually sentient, but, like, it can fool you to think it's sentient, right? A sentient being. It could be freaking amazing. Like, I don't know. That the, would, would revolutionize MMOs or online games. Even like imagine all the players are bots as well, like and they just talk to you. You have a relationship with them. You
0: cyber with them. You send them dick pics, and they're just they're just AI, and Surpri- you don't even know. I'm surprised there isn't like an, uh, an anime about this already. So like imagine like these orcs that are always programmed to attack the town at like 3- three three p.m. sharp. The orc horde mm-hmm. respawns and attacks, and then but one day they decide like they figure out they're just AI and they don't attack, and all the all the players are waiting for them in town, but the orcs like hack into the system and like disconnect the players. <laughs> That'd be, that'd be ah, a good anime. Or th- something. Th- there
1: should be. Yeah, I think like that could be an anime. Like about a show that. or
0: something.
1: At that point, would it still be an MMO? Let's say, like, let's say you play a game entirely by yourself, right? Or at least you think it's MMO, right? You, you know, but you're the only one playing. Everyone else in the game is a is a bot. But they're such good, clever bots. They're basically tricking you to being think, thinking they're players. Is it still an MMO? All right, what do you think?
0: Yes, because if if they if they are indistinguishable from a human player, then mm-hmm. they're they're then they're, they're the same thing as a player they're not a human player but they're a conscious player but, but, you know? but they're not a human player then well so, like if i if i give if i if i
1: show you an art, an art piece right like next to uh like uh, there was actually a really good post on reddit about this there was uh, like a piece of paper and on the cap you could see like a bottle of beer and there was a drawn beer can right like next to each other the drawn one looks indistinguishable from the from the real one mm-hmm. and you get, like he rolled over the, fa- the the fake one over the like the drawing and like that's the only moment you realize it was fake Wow, so like, does that mean it was real? No, so maybe it's I don't know. I don't know either. Deep, but the emergent gameplay that would arise from that would be amazing because I think the pro, like a lot of MRPGs, the dream for MRPGs is this concept called emergent gameplay, mm-hmm. and games like Guild Wars Two have tried to make this like kind. They try to program it into the game, right, with like the some spontaneous random quests throughout the game, right? And they're kind of cool. Like by far, it's one of the better, one of the best quest systems in MRPGs. Emerging gameplay has to rely on players more so than uh, than these, these quests that pop up. Yeah, the quests bring players together, but there's gotta be mechanics in the game for players to do their own thing. Which I think a lot of MRs kind of fail at today. Like there's gotta be something built into the system of an MRPG where emergent gameplay just happens. And that's one of the reasons open world, uh, full PvP games did have that. Or right? not even full open world. Like again, World of Warcraft, when you kill people on horde or alliance, like you didn't really get anything for it, but like it created emerging gameplay. PvP is one way to do that. I don't know if Quest can actually do a good job of doing that. I think it's a better experience than traditional fetch quests from NPCs and towns. But I don't know. I don't think any MRPG really has good emergent gameplay just yet. The emerging yeah. gameplay comes from the fact that guild drama happens, right? And that's where all the emerging gameplay happens. Basically in the chat. The drama in the game and the chat. Whether it's guild chat or you know like uh, town chat, server chat, that's where the drama happens. That's where the emergent gameplay is. But, but they gotta fit that into the gameplay somehow. The game whatever MRPG can do that best. I
0: think it will do really well. To get back to the uh, MMO thing, whether it's an MMO, if you're the only player. Mm -hmm. Remember, it requires someone... Lucifer King said, uh, you know, you need multiple players, but they don't have to be human players. As long as the bots are playing the way a human would play, they're also players,
1: right? Uh, I I feel like players kind of refers to an actual person.
0: What, What is a person? Does it have to be like 23 genomes or whatever no as long as it can make decisions you know so you play against
1: a bot game are you play against people you're playing against players i guess sure but it's not a you know multiplayer game well
0: it, it, yeah multiplayer player yeah why well, can if the bots are indistinguishable from play humans they're players no but what? so if i play against uh, a really good ai I'm playing a
1: multiplayer game yeah i don't know I, th- I think you're applying like the turing test and yeah exactly consciousness to like different terminology i don't know well, if i i, that makes I, I think sense. it flies i think it flies what is this Westworld? <laughs> <laughs> look look it, it might not be an mmo like strictly speaking in that case a multiplayer game strictly speaking but for all intents and purposes it is if you believe you're playing a multiplayer game whether you are you are or not
0: doesn't matter but how can you, you, know, you convince me that you're not a your reality well, what if you're a bot? And this world is like a program or whatever. So oh, sure. You, if if, if, any, if I have to make the same assumptions about you and, I, and if I'm playing a game and I'm playing on my screen and your yeah. avatar is looking at me, if the same assumptions apply to that avatar as they do to you in the real world, then, then you're, that's a player. Yeah.
1: Again, if, if you believe it's a player and you're convinced it's a player, it is a player for all intents and purposes. It doesn't mean it is. You know, for, for you it is. And that your reality becomes, it becomes real for you. For you. <laughs> for you. Well, yeah. Okay. Right.
0: I, I guess we'll agree to disagree on that. Mm-hmm.
1: But I think that that'd be awesome, though. Just, what if AI ever gets that good, I think AI is still kind of, uh, you know, pretty lame. But that'd be a really cool application. Like, I, I think that'd be way cooler <laughs> than bots. Like, there was a Dota bot that played uh, Shadow Fiend, ran down mid, right? It was kind of cool, right? The, the mechanical skill involved yeah. in that. And we've seen Dota bot, we've seen bots play like chess really well. Played, I mean, the, the Google bot beat us the World Championship at Go or something. And bots are playing those games really well. But if I can see a bot convince people that it's a, it's a, it's a person, like the, the Turing test. In MMORPGs alone, like that would be unbelievably cool.
0: If you could just talk to somebody and not know it's a player. That'd be amazing. And someone, and in, ch- like, yeah. and someone in chat mentioned that uh, they wouldn't make a game just for bots to play each other. I disagree with that. I think one of the best learning environments for like consciousness would be a MMORPG populated by just bots playing with each other. And then you could have generations of that to breed the best and most successful kinds of player, like, like the best p raider the best ai raider could come from like multiple generations of breeding raider bots so i think there would be a definitely a use case for running the game just for bots yeah that actually gives me a uh, I, I i got a funny funny business idea
1: for a stream alright i'm gonna pitch it to you guys live on the podcast all right minor side distraction here but let me know if this is a good idea. We have, it's, it'll it'll almost be like um, salty bet, right? Where bots are playing each other, but it's very easy to set up. So what it, what it will be is, we'll take up a game like Mario Party, like Mario Party Five or something, and we'll put four bots to play against each other. That's it, four bots just playing against each other, and players can bet on who's gonna win, and we take a cut. Thoughts? Let's do it. Isn't that genius? Because there's mm-hmm. so much RNG like, from the beginning of the game on where people will land, like, certain bots like the way they interact will be completely different. And you can even like change it so like if you bet on the, the easy bot, you get like three times your money. If you bet on the hard bot, you only get like one point three times your money. You put different stats on it. huh I'd watch it. I got optois that did watch it. Anyone else? Yay or nay? Good idea. Great idea.
0: Okay, we got straw poll this later. <laughs> All right, we got straw poll in the post game. I, I feel like that could be hell of fun. You could bet with like salt, you know, with like fake money. I got it. Something I salty but like you said with ICO. You gotta be gotta bet with currency. You do you mine. Yeah, some bullshit digital currency. Mm-hmm. That you can MO, with emo coin, which we're gonna set up and we'll be rich. There you go. Underground video game gambling. I had no idea what video to play while we're talking about AI, so I searched cyberpunk music and, and I put up this picture of this car. I don't know I don't know. <laughs> hopefully that's this, pretty, uh, hopefully that's this puts you in the mood.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Again, I think uh we need AI and MMORPGs. I'm waiting for that, but unfortunately, I'm not optimistic on that happening anytime in the next like 30, 40 years. I don't think AI is anywhere near that just yet. We're still trying to figure out how to play Go to actually trick people into uh, thinking they're human is, is is way off. There there are chatbots out there you can talk to today, but they're not very good. No, they're not.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. What else we got coming out this year? Any other goodies? I'm so excited for Paracron but they, that,
1: that, that's that's not that is know.
0: not coming out this year. you talk about a game that shut down this okay, year. Let's do
1: it. Uh, t- Tiger Knight Empire War. I'm not sure if anybody still remembers that game. It shut down. Uh, it, it's shutting down tomorrow. Oh my goodness! 10, what a loss!
0: What a loss! I remember playing this one. Uh,
1: I, am, I am actually very proud of the way I started this news article because I don't know shit about music, but I feel like I, I incorporated some quality pop culture into this, so I, wrote I love it. As, it. <laughs> in the immortal world, in the immortal words of Queen, another one bites the dust. <laughs> Tiger and Empire War is scheduled to shut down tomorrow. That's like the one music reference I've made in my life and like something I've written. So I, I'm giving myself mega props for that. Man, All what, right? a, what a game. And that is actually the only song I know from Queen. Literally the only one. But yeah, the game's shutting down tomorrow. It, it was it was kind of different though. This one, it was like this, this weird Dynasty Warriors-esque game. Maybe by a Chinese company too, but it was actually different from any other free-to-play game that I've played.
0: Yeah, I, I think we'd play this for uh, Sunday Funday one one week. And I was just confused by this one to be honest. Mm-hmm. Actually, somebody on
1: Facebook sent me a reminder that this game was shutting down. I, they didn't announce it themselves or right? I didn't find I didn't get a press release about it. So, Sun and Orochi. Appreciate the heads up on that one. Grazie. I did not know where the champion was from Queen. Sleepy Strike. No, I had no idea. My musical knowledge, my musical Elo is literally like 0. For honor and lawbreakers are next. I mean, lawbreakers. I think it's teetering on uh, on, on shutting down, but they keep saying they're going to keep trying. But who knows? Next time, basically, we already gave up on it. But Bosky is still still trying.
0: We did not talk about Paladin's Battle Royale. How do you feel about that? I feel like that another Ooh. another one joins the uh, hype machine. That's a big one. Paladin's Royale is a big one. I, I
1: think it's actually a really cool idea. I mean, we've seen Battle Royale not us, but seeing it with a, a battle royale spin on a hero shooter is pretty fucking amazing actually. Just I'm trying to think like if i could play paladins characters in a battle royale setting, that could be really cool. I'm actually hyped for that. I mean you got you know you, obviously High rez Studios isn't known for their originality. I mean, but it's it looked pretty hyped to me. I've seen the trailer. Uh the 20 minute matches or so.
0: How many players? And 100? 100 players, yep. Yeah. Come on. Here's the thing. Do they all have to copy it so blatantly? why can't they like innovate a little make it like 120 150 um make the map a little bit like different like i don't know this... well i i, I kind of
1: wish they did that because honestly the thing i don't like about PUBG and all the battle royale games is i feel like that there are not enough people on a map i feel like if you put 200 people on a map 300 people on a map that'd be way way cooler because let's be real most of the map in in pub is goes underutilized and same for uh fortnite battle royale like, you have this giant map but literally half of it or two-thirds Will never get touched. Nobody will ever go to two thirds of the map, but they still only have hundred players. If you have more people, and multiple planes, everyone will have to go everywhere and it becomes way cooler. All
0: right, I, I got an idea, guys. You know, uh, the Switch came out, and mm-hmm. I think so. The Switch version of Smash Brothers is going to be Super Smash Brothers Royale. It's going to be Ooh. it's going to be a hundred-player map. <laughs> you you pick a character like Pikachu or Mario. You get you, you you parachute onto the island. <laughs> <laughs> into, into, Genius! Into Peach's castle, you know all the rooms and stairs, and you gotta you gotta find each other and just beat each other up. And, and you know, if you get fall, if you get knocked
1: off the island, you die. And every time you get hit, it raises your percentage, like it doesn't smash oh, publish, right. There you go. And if you hit by like a smash tag, you, you might knock you off the island if you're really close to the edge. Boom. There it is. One stock game, of course. It's Battle Royale. It's gotta be one stock gaming. But I mean, though these maps are about three hundred times the size of a, a traditional map on on a, on. A, on Paladins. but doesn't that look cool though because it does we've look seen good. so many it looks it actually looks interesting I actually want to play it yeah because it's you can you know you have abilities you know it's a it's a hero shooter I think what's funny is um there was a quote from the high-res CEO about games like not being original anymore I feel like he is a part of the problem for that <laughs> Pot calling kettle black mm-hmm. there's no originality in video games anymore he said Unique ideas or something. Let's see if we can find the quote. Yep, okay, I can't find it.
0: But yeah, it, it's... Man, I, I'm, I'm hyped for this one. I feel like the graphics really work to its advantage here. It, it looks a lot like... It looks like a smoother, cleaner Fortnite. hmm
1: I mean, the same R style, you know, you expected Fortnite. Yeah, that Strike. I think I saw it on Reddit, but I couldn't find the article right now. But they basically said that there's there's, there's a lack of originality in games now, and everything kind of reiterates off each other. But coming from it, just feels so silly coming from the from high res
0: Hero Shooter Battle Royale. With a, n- n- What they got to do next is add lanes and creeps, okay, mm-hmm. to this map. <laughs> Combine all the meme genres. Mm hmm. There's
1: also uh, other updates coming for Paladins. I mean, Paladins is, is a pretty big success story. Yeah, I mean, the game is it's huge. It's like the the regular version of Paladins, is basically Overwatch light, and it's it's working for it. I mean, this is what uh what Lawbreakers could have been potentially if they didn't go with the buy to play model. Because I feel like if, if Paladins was buy to play, I don't know. I don't think everyone's gonna I don't think anyone's gonna rush to buy it.
0: You're right. You're right. I don't think so. Uh, High rez does have another game. Uh, I actually haven't even heard of this one that much. I don't know. Let's see if you have them. I'm going to put the trailer on here. Is it the mobile game? It's called... No, no. It's not, uh, Maybe. It's called... No, no. I, I know it's got a PC version. It might also okay. be mobile. I don't know. It's called Hand of the Gods. uh, A.K.A. Smite Tactics. It sounds like a mobile game. It's a card game. Oh, I actually played this game. Really? I did personally for this game, but I don't remember it at all. I yeah, but yeah, I played play this shit. It's PC, right? Yeah. How is it? Uh, I don't know. I don't remember being anything special. It's not it's not that popular on uh, Steam right now.
1: Mm. Uh, talk about card games. Do you remember uh, Chronicle Runescape Legends? Uh, yeah, I do. I thought that game was pretty fun. I thought it was like, okay. I'm kinda sad to see I am kinda sad to see that one that, that one didn't do very well. And they're a pretty popular franchise behind it, Runescape. And it was actually kinda different. The way it played was different from other card games. So despite its uniqueness, despite it being a big franchise behind it, the game kind of failed, so it feels bad, man. Is it still up? Probably right. Uh, I'm not sure, probably, because they they used one of our quotes from the trailer, so that was kind of cool. Oh, in other news, Doki Doki Literature Club hit two million downloads. Wow, that game, yeah, it's it's something else. It's quite a it's quite a ride. I actually streamed the entire game. The it's the the vod is on YouTube. Definitely an interesting experience.
0: All right, A Chronicle Runescape Legends is is still alive. Doki Doki is a visual novel.
1: It's a uh, basically a story you just read there's no actual gameplay really very minimal
0: gameplay can you guess how many players are playing chronicle runescape legends on Steam right now I'm gonna say 10 15 so 50% oh. better. 50% better than you thought that's pretty right, impressive. They're, doing, they're, they're booming all right they're booming over there
1: <laughs> no yeah the game's not doing well Gwent is still doing pretty well though But I feel like too many there's too many card games now I, I don't think the card game you know digital card game market is really that big Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be dominated by Hearthstone and whoever's number two and three. You know, Shadowverse, they, they have all the players. Everyone's kind of fighting for scraps at this point. Maybe that's why League didn't make a card game either.
0: Do you think, uh... Do you remember Pox Nora? Vaguely. The game's still around. Yeah, I, I mean, that game, they were way ahead of the curve on this one. This game was, like, its like super old. It, it's, like, super janky back when I played. Even when I played it, it was super janky, like, like over ten years ago. Um... But they were way ahead of the ball here. Uh, it's basically the miniature game, uh, collectible. Uh, at least they were original though, even back all the way back then. Nothing is. I, I don't think any of the games that came out recently, including you know whether it's RuneScape, uh, whatever Chronicles Legends, mm. or um, or this game, the Smite one. None of them are as, as in depth and interesting. I think it's Nora. I just wish they would be like redo like the engine or something to make it a little more smooth.
1: Pax Nora was kind of like uh, I guess made tonight to a degree, yeah, like this, yeah. these figurines battling on a board. You do have games kind of like that with like Duelist, because if you look at the grid, it kind of reminds me of Duelist, mm-hmm. another relatively newish, you know, game on Steam, but I'm not, how popular is Box Store anyway? How many people play that one? Uh, let me see, Is it, let me check if it's on Steam. I don't know. I mean, another game that's on Steam, killing on the card game space is uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links, which oh. is basically just, just, just Yu-Gi-Oh! But mm-hmm. I, think that, I think that game is really carried by uh, nostalgia and just, you know, Basically that, because I think the card game itself is so poorly designed. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've I played Yu-Gi-Oh. I've actually played Yu-Gi-Oh recently on like uh, on a website that lets you play with friends with whatever decks you want. And it just the game itself is just I, I think it's so poorly designed. But hey, it does really well. Shadowverse made like about uh, a hundred million dollars two years ago. That's when we got the most recent data. So I'm sure Duel Links is-, is minting money.
0: Yeah, it's a poor of the mobile game. I know, but it gets huge props for its nostalgia factor. I, I haven't the last time I played Yu-Gi-Oh! was actually not that long ago. It was like with Yomar. Like maybe mm-hmm. three months ago, four months ago. We played the mm-hmm. actual card game and uh i I don't know, it's just it hasn't it hasn't aged well, IMO. No. Uh, it
1: just does not I don't know, it's just not a balanced game at all. It's too many cards are worthless. That's a problem with a lot of card games. Cards end up becoming worthless. Indeed. Anything else? It's been a pretty light week for, you know, happenings on the on the MO scene. Mainly because again it just it's still really recently after after
0: new year's so not a lot of big updates no uh, i have a quick tidbit it has to do with the esports thing that we talked about at the beginning mm-hmm. asus invested 16 million to open a league of legends esports headquarters in china so the fuck is an esports headquarters i have no i guess a building where they what, what does that what does that you know include what does that mean what uh, are they doing in the headquarters they're probably going to house their team i guess or oh. like you know the training center uh, besides that, there's a fun fact. How, how much do you guys think Star Citizen raised in 2017? Oh so god, not not you know since, since inception, but just since 2017, just since 2017. Mm. Anyone know? Oh, lots, probably millions. 35 million dollars just in 2017. That's a that's a that's a nice chunk of change to make every year for a game. You know, for not having a game yet.
1: That is impressive that they raise that kind of money, you know. If a game makes 37 million dollars a year, uh, like that's a, that's a successful video game, all right? If they can make that regularly year over year, that's insane. But and they they have it without even having a game.
0: Yeah. So that's even more I that, feel that's like, even more impressive. And I feel like if they can make that much every year, like what incentive do they have to ever finish the game? You know, like that's, if, that, that's if, a if, nice if, steady 3 that's like 3 million dollars a month and look at it this way too because imagine they release Star Citizen
1: there's two paths right Star Citizen releases or it doesn't or they, they choose not to release it if they release it it could be a flop and everybody hates it and they'll quit they, they stop giving them money because when the game is out and you don't like it you'll stop giving them money or if they keep prolonging the development cycle and they can make $35 million, $37 million a year you know why wouldn't you do that and only yeah. release it and then take that because when you release it you kind of got to roll the dice
0: will people like it or not you know seems kind of weird incentives and I, I got another fun stat here uh, how much did Kickstarter raise for games in the games category for all of twenty seventeen? So this is every game on Kickstarter combined for twenty seventeen, and uh, you can just mental math that number, guys. The number is one hundred and seventy two million. Pretty pretty big chunk of change, I'd say. Well, it's a lot of money. All right, a uh, lot of dough. That that's all I got. What do you got?
1: What do we got? Uh, we should mention actually. There's a uh, well I, I, I'm gonna throw this plug-in because they advertise with us all right so i gotta, gotta, gotta give our our boys some plum plugin there's um you'd be surprised how popular these old old private server games are like it's it, it blows my mind when I look back at it because I've seen um like mu online has like private servers with thousands of players you've seen all the vanilla WoW servers before you know even today they have tens of thousands of players there's a game by uh, tales of pirates it used to be available through um IGG, Igg and that shut down i think year or two ago but there are so many private servers for that game too it's insane like personally like, i played tales of pirates it looks like a very janky ragnarok right like i'd rather play ragnarok online private servers than, than than tales of Pirate. but i never got into it that much right but there are so many private servers and they have like over there are numerous private servers for that game that have over 500 players online at once that is, I, I don't understand like how that's
0: a thing it, it, it is crazy uh this game is so old at this point. Do you have a trailer yeah. for this or something?
1: Yeah, yeah. Go to go to the... I'm, let me look at a trailer for this. Okay. I uploaded on the MMOs.com YouTube channel their trailer.
0: It's uh, called Pirates Online. Pirate Games. online. I played this pretty back alpha. on MMOHite, you know, like back in the day. Mm-hmm. And I even back then, I thought it was a pretty old game. Uh. Mm-hmm. I don't know what year it came out in China. There are seven or thirty-eight players online
1: on this game right now on this on this single server, and there are multiple private servers for this game. Oh, and are—it's remarkable how popular these old school games are. People don't want to give up their uh, their old school games. Again, I would personally rather play Ragnarok online myself, but these games are these games are booming. And actually, what's what's good about this scene actually is that you know people say when, it, when private servers kind of like take away business from the official servers, but now that there's actually no official server for this game, so the fact that private servers exist is I think a positive. Yeah. Like, I don't think anyone can dispute the fact that it's a positive. When literally there is no other alternative, you know, when a game is running a private server for an existing game, there is an argument to be made that it's taking away business and they're they're, they're doing all this bullshit and it's not good for the industry. I, I can respect that argument, even though I
0: disagree with it. But in this case, I think they're doing they're doing a good service. Well, I I want I just want to plug a, a game I'm excited for again. It's kind of related to this pirate stuff. Sea of mm-hmm. Thieves. All right, if you're playing a uh, tales of pirates guys you know maybe consider upgrading to a uh to a real game you know that's not a real RPG though tales of pirates is a real RPG so this game is coming out march 20th on xbox and pc uh it will not be free to play probably obviously no nope. uh but i don't think it'll have a subscription or anything mm-hmm. so uh, it looks pretty cool it looks like a fun game to play with your friends it's can like a fun like co op game. Yeah, you can like you can commandeer to sh- you can you can drive ships with like a team of your friends and fight other ships like other player crews.
1: It looks like a game, but it's just fun to play with buddies. It's a very you know just pop on Discord with some buddies and, and hop on.
0: It's it's MMO esque, uh, lazy bozo. I, I you know you do interact with other players. Uh, so I, I I definitely put an MMO camp for sure.
1: That's funny. There's a lot of Twitch spam lately. Pretty pretty impressive how much Twitch spam has been going through. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I delete those as soon as I see that. Are we getting spam? I don't... No, I deleted it. Don't worry.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, I see. You banned one guy, yeah.
1: Hmm? Oh, one, one, one more link I want to drop about esports. I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, it actually only applies to the... Where, where, where I put it? There's actually anti-doping now for, uh, for League of Legends, but only in the Brazilian version of the game. Anti-doping? Like... Like anti-drugs. Performance-enhancing drugs. Riot Games approved the doping control for the for the Brazilian League League of Legends. Doping with what though? Like Adderall? What are they taking? Uh, everything probably. They include uh, doping control would also include the consumption of multiple prohibited substances, as social drugs as well. But you know, I guess others other stuff too.
0: It says, mar- but if you take marijuana, you're gonna play worse, not better. Yeah, I feel like that would definitely slow you down. I know. I don't know what. Uh, yeah, it must be Ad- it must be Adderall because that's the only thing I can think of that it would actually help. improve your game. Yeah,
1: but probably everyone's on it. If if it's, if it's not like disallowed specifically, everyone's gonna cheat and use it.
0: Imagine like they all take steroids, they're all jacked, and when they lose, they pick up their keyboard and snap it in half. Like <laughs> that, that, that that is impressive. You can just snap your keyboard in half, yeah. mega impressive. <laughs> <laughs> that weed's making a reaction is totally faster. Yeah, I'm. I'd be interested to know what drugs they have in mind. Athletes play high on weed all the time. Oh, I didn't know that. Um you well, every day. Well, pretty, right. pretty light week in mo news this time. Yep. Yeah, let's just move on to the post game. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks for watching, guys. Stick around if you're on Twitch. Otherwise, sayonara. Later for YouTube.